Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Tim. I'm Willie. Today we're going to go over some listener feedback. We've got a what we've been watching. I have a game that I've stolen from the Totally Rad Show based off of their game media mashup. And then finally we will end with a review of Jeremy Saulnier's Green Room. But before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to the show. Let us know what you think about it and the things that we talk about. You can also go to MidwestFilmNerds.com for all previous 176-plus bonus episodes with full show notes. And uh, we're at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com to shop on Amazon and have part of your money come to us. And also go to MidwestGameNerds.com and go to the support store to buy your Midwest Podcast Network apparel and donate to the network. All of that is much appreciated. Um, there was no Frame Friday this week because I was in Alaska and kind of distracted, yep. so that didn't happen. I apologize. And none of us were brave enough to take up the. the yeah, class. well, you know, <laughs> um, if I was smart, I would have asked one of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna but say I, actually, technically, I was gonna, I was gonna leave that part out that you didn't <laughs> mention. It, didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did not didn't even think about it. But anyway, yeah, it is what it is. The Summer Movie Wager 2016 article is now up on MidwestFilmNerds.com. You can also find a link to it on Facebook. Go there and you can use the link to submit your ballot, which I think is bit.ly slash mfnsmw16. Whoa. Yeah. So just go to the website instead. Do it all there. All the rules are explained. There are prizes. You can win $40 worth of movies or gift cards if you get the grand prize. And then it's like 20, uh, I don't know, it's decreasing in value after that for second and third place. Up to $40. Up to $40. So we've already gotten th- at least th- four four submissions. Already? Yeah, within the past. Whoa. There were people waiting for it. Nice. Wow. They were waiting for it. So I apologize how late I am with it. But uh, wow. But thank you guys for joining. I'll be right yeah. at the last day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be throwing yeah. it in. So the last day is the second... After the second weekend in May, so it's it's Monday, May 16th, I believe. I can pull up a calendar and double-check that. Uh, yes, Monday, May 16th, you have to have your submission in b- before 11.59 p.m. that night in Eastern Daylight Time. Me and Yoop's final battle of the, yeah, season, you, of, you of and the Yoop, year. You and Yoop are facing it off. Oh. Um, but, yeah, so please partake. It'll be fun. Uh, there's all kinds of other people doing movie wagers and all kinds of stuff that you can use in your uh, in your own thoughts. But more on that in a little bit. Uh, we can go into our listener feedback, which is from one Alice there. It says, Ni hao film nerds. First off, yes, uh, Ni hao. Zendaya. Um, <laughs> Zendaya to you, Alice. Zendaya to you, sir. <laughs> Uh, first off, kudos for reading the negative response to your 10 Cloverfield Lane episode a few weeks ago. I wish I'd seen the film so that I could have listened to the review to hear how it compares with the argument received in the feedback. 
But I'd say uh, that what you received wasn't really negative feedback, more like a constructive engagement with your criticism. Absolutely. You made exactly the right decision to engage with the feedback and devote a decent chunk of time to it. That's a truly interactive discussion, something that podcasts are uniquely positioned to create, but few podcast hosts seem to seem willing to engage with the listener feedback on a specific film in such a direct way. The Slash Filmcast and Next Picture Show also do this very well. Thank you, Alistair. Yeah, that's awesome. What was the second Thanks. one you said? Uh, Last Picture Show? Next Picture the Show. Next, next picture, picture Show? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, there was no question in my mind that we would talk about oh, that. Oh, 100%. Because it was... It was well written and it had an issue and, and we could talk about totally. it. Totally. I mean, honestly, like the only, the only, I think the only thing we wouldn't read is if somebody just posts like you, like obscenity, like yeah. just like randomly. I'd like, probably read like it somebody just because read, I would find send it Send us a thing that's just fart. Yeah. You know, like, like no, I'm going to read that too. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> we guys, could debate. Someone just wrote fart? Yeah. Uh, They're kind of cool, right? No, I mean... <laughs> You can you can try it out feedback at midwestowners dot com. We'll 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 see what uh, if you can make it on here. But I, yeah, I was totally wrong because I I would sit here and debate what it means. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. What if we just have listeners out there who have just been waiting for the moment to get permission to write in fart and you get bombarded <laughs> yeah. with emails? You know what? It'd be a great show of uh, of of love. Hey, here I'm trying. I'm trying to cut back on my swearing a little bit on the show. Yeah. And and so fart was my chosen word. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good choice. And I'm being ridiculed for it. So uh, Alistair also wrote in with his his because uh, I didn't have the summer movie wager posted at this time. He gave me his his list for the movie wager. I'm not going to read it because I don't want people to have any kind of advantage yeah, right. over him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will kind of talk. He put a little bit of his process here. He said, "Moving swiftly on." I'm excited to join in with the Summer Movie Wager for the first time. I didn't have the patience to run the numbers on previous franchise entries and studio releases. I really am sad enough to want to do that, but too damn lazy to commit to it. Side note, that's the one thing that I did when I won this actual competition the first year that it, that it happened. Side, but. side note, that's what I've done every year, and I've never won. <laughs> um, and then let's back to his message. He says, but I did have a look at over the top film markets worldwide for 2015, and some of their top tens... For the last couple of years, uh, different sites seem to have different metrics, but lists of the world's biggest movie markets consistently feature the following countries in no particular order. USA, China, UK, Australia, Germany, France, Mexico, Japan, India, South Korea, Brazil, and Russia. So if your movie doesn't hit enough of these countries over the summer, then it's unlikely to finish near the top of the list. Interesting. So there you go. That He's China got- money. <laughs> I know. We here, we bow to our Chinese overlords. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. They're just casting Chinese actors. They've in, had Captain in, in America, world. I think, Civil War for like two or three years. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> it's been out for a while. <laughs> well, yeah, that says something because I'm pretty sure Captain America Civil War right now has $232 million worldwide. Already. And it's been yeah. out for two weeks. Has, it, has, has Marvel, is there, haven't they been putting it like scenes for Chinese audiences? Was no it? joke. Iron Man 3, they <laughs> cast like a, a pretty prolific Chinese actor in the role of the doctor who, who does the operation on him. Yeah. And he's in the, um, like the US cut for like three minutes of screen yeah. time tops. He's in the Chinese cut. Apparently, he's like, like a solid like extra five minutes of just f- scenes of him <laughs> just doing things. Yeah, like not so, interacting with the rest of the cast, just like probably hanging out. I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, that Ch- China has very strict rules for what they will allow released in their country, so that. you kind of have to play to that market if you want to be there. Those and, were the only eight minutes released of Iron Man Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Iron Man Three has a runtime of of uh, seven minutes and fifty nine seconds in China. Well, that's like but, um, 
uh, Doctor Cho in Age of Ultron. Like, yeah. Apparently, she was like a big part of the marketing in China. Was that actress? <laughs> but she's in, she's it, for, in it for two seconds. Yeah, it's very funny. Literally only cast Chinese people as doctors. <laughs> I, only, only as doctors. Yeah, only. That's terrible. This, that, that, that reminds me of the uh, of the the song on the commentary, the musical part of Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog, which is nobody's Asian in the movies. Yes, yeah. Apparently now they are Asian in the movies, but they can only be doctors. Because... And in the movie for less than ten minutes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, so, at least Marvel cast someone non-white, white whitewashing Feige. <laughs> oh my god let's not do this i'll just do that the rest anyway. i know <laughs> asshole see you maybe swear alistair thank you for your feedback uh thank you for joining the uh summer movie wager and we're excited to have you with us this year very excited yes um so on to what we've been watching tim oh you've been watching something couple things yeah um the expanse on sci-fi how's that quite good Okay. Um, every every once in a while, I watch a sci-fi show, thinking like, "Oh, it's the next Battlestar," and it's not. Yeah. But it has the same kind of um, it's got the muddled politics of Battlestar that I like, and they have sex in it. Um, the characters have sex in it, and that was a big draw for me at Battlestar because <laughs> when it comes to science fiction shows, a lot of them are very not sexy, asexual, asexual. Thank you yeah. for that word. Yeah. So um, this one they have sex in, and it's pretty good. It's got Tom Jane. Um, and he plays an alcoholic. Sold. Does he not wear shoes? Um, no, he has a, uh, he has like a, like a long, like those soccer haircuts you see where it's shaved, but it's really long and over the side. He looks like Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, oh my God. <laughs> um, he's in it. And then the dude from road trip and splinter that I can't remember his name, Paulo and Royal pains, I believe. Oh God. And then, um, I can't remember his name. And Jay Hernandez is in it as well. Right. Um, Paulo Costanzo. Paulo Costanzo, it's superstar. So it's it's good. I'm only a couple episodes in. I think it's based off of a book too. It is, but yeah. I've I went and checked out to see like I'm like oh maybe I'll read the book and everybody's like no the TV show's way better. <laughs> <laughs> what show? What channel is this on? Uh, sci-fi and it's from writers of um, Children of Men, Iron Man. And Cowboys and Aliens. And the reason I break this up is because it makes me think, who hasn't been credited for writing Cowboys and Aliens? Because it seems like every movie we do, there is a writer for... I think we're credited with writing Cowboys and Aliens somewhere. Um, uh, Supernatural Season 8. I had... I had stopped watching after 7. 6 and 7 gets kind of... They're not... The show's never been bad. Yeah. Um, I'll put seasons three, four, and five of that show up against any genre show. I like they're amazing. Um one but eight is back to one and two levels, which is good. Um six and seven were kind of a mess. It's an easy show to binge watch. It's fun. Man, it's season nice. twelve is currently airing. Yes. Is it the final one or no? I almost hope going? they I hope they get the thirteen, just because it'd be a cool place well, to yeah. end it up. That's kind uh, of the right <laughs> the, kind of the right thing to do. I caught up because people are saying like season season eleven's like really, really good. So okay. it's just an easy it's on they're all on Netflix. I've so. been told by everyone and their mother that I need to watch Supernatural. I think you would like it, especially those middle seasons, because Ben Edlund from yeah. Angel and the Tick yep. has a heavy hand in writing awesome. those seasons. And there are some episodes in there that are really amazing. Um, I think Willie would like it too. I've tried to I watched the first season. I liked it. It's yeah. I don't know why I stopped watching it. But at this point, though, it's tough to recommend because it's eight seasons long. It's hard. I know. It's That's hard. the thing is, it's gotten like 
one through five. It was only originally the Kripke, Eric Kripke, their creator, was like, it's only going to last like five seasons at the most. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, TV... like Then the it la- started printing money for the CW. And it's, then- well, it's the landscape of TV change where if you had a solid core fan base now that just sticks with it, yeah. like you're fine. Like They have a really big female fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> so they can just... They can just go off that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, eight, eight's really good. I'm really enjoying it. And I watched High Rise this weekend, um, which I recommend. It's based on a book as well. It's by um, Ben Wheatley, who did A Field in England and Kill List, which I know Lily has seen. It's insane. <laughs> it makes it makes you feel just bad. It's wonderful. It's awesome. And this is um, not as good as that, but it's still really good. Tom Hiddleston's in it. Um, uh, oh, gosh. Um, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Thank you, Elizabeth Moss, um, Sienna Miller. The, Does it make you feel terrible? The Luke Evans, and then there's one. I think it's Ray Fiennes is in it. Yeah. Yeah. You're, so you're, yeah. And sorry, I was no help because it apparently came up with like a high rise that's coming out in 2018. Instead. Okay. I'm trying to let's see. It's very much about class warfare and. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of like Mad Men mixed with Snowpiercer, mm. if that makes any sense. Without giving too much away, um, there is an amazing cover of SOS by ABBA by Portishead at it at one point right. that leads into a, a it's it, like an entire montage, and it's incredible. The first half I thought was stronger than the second half. The setup is better than the second half, but the second half still has some really cool stuff in it. So I would recommend it. All right. On demand yeah, right now. It's it's on demand right now and coming out in theaters soon. Yes. Or it, I think it had a limited release on the 28th. I think so. Yeah. So it could be in a theater near you soon, but it is out on video on demand right now. So Also watch The Kill List too. Yeah. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> watch The Kill List if you can handle like being really disturbed. Yeah. There you go. All right. I can't just tell everybody to go watch The Kill List. <laughs> that's, not, that's not cool. That's not nice of me. <laughs> I think most people would be discerning enough to not go see a movie called Kill List. Right. To not go see a movie that I suggest. Yeah. Watch well, the Kill List if you're if you found our podcast by searching in Green Room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you were you saw Green Room and you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, Willie. Have you been watching anything of note? Yeah. Um. First two episodes of Game of Thrones this season. Me I've too. enjoyed them. I've yeah. heard a lot of people complaining that nothing's happening. I'm like, it's the first two episodes. Like, and I think there's plenty that's happened. But episode one, I felt was a little more boring than the premieres usually are. See, for but. me, the premiere of that show is always it, it, one of the big, uh, understandable complaints about Game of Thrones that I hear a lot is there's too many damn characters. And yeah. I get it because sometimes I go, who the f- is that? Yeah. Wait, that's that person's important. <laughs> you Haven't see seen somebody, since season two. You see and somebody like, and you're like, do I know this person already? Or no? I've done that a couple times already. So yeah. that, I get that complaint, and sometimes I feel that too. But um, that's why I like the season premieres and kind of how they're structured because it's like, you, yeah, you don't get a lot of development with any of the storylines, but like yeah. you're kind of reminded, like, oh, that person's there. Okay, cool. Now I know where they're at. Oh, that person's doing this. Okay, sweet. Oh, they're dead? Oh, that's right. They died last season. So it's kind of nice. It's like a recap. Like a re- <laughs> First, they play their 10-minute recap of the, of the last yep. season, and then they play another hour-long worth of, you know, like, hey, remember where this character was? Of catch-up, yeah. So, no, I've enjoyed them so far. Um, I think we're finally at a point. For the last couple seasons, I, eh, I'd say like the last season and a half, um, there have been highs and lows. Um, I still enjoy the show, but I hit that point that I kind of hit during... Um, the third season of Lost, where I went, 
we're treading water here. Like we are not moving forward. And and knowing the behind the scenes of that show, it was because they didn't have an end date and they yeah. had to keep drawing shit out. You know what I mean? Until they had an end date, and then they could start moving towards it. I feel like we're at that point in Game of Thrones where we're finally moving towards the end here. Yeah. Like I'm starting to feel like okay, this is starting to come into like like what this show is going to wind up doing is making sense a little bit now. So yeah. Um, I watched Captain America: The First Avenger in my quest to watch those movies before I see. Civil War. Uh, Civil War. Um, it's the quest is not going well so far because I've only <laughs> seen that one. Um, no, uh, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, that's it's a movie that I think still stands up. I I still have like weirdly uh, fond nostalgic memories of it, and it wasn't that long ago that it came out. <laughs> I remember I remember that we Willie and I hollowed out a blockbuster video the day after you saw it. And and had a family video like we start putting in family video mm-hmm. and you would not stop talking about it yeah it's like you gotta see it you gotta see it you yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't show I'm like well I'm gonna see it but yeah yeah <laughs> I, I probably annoyed the hell out of you um I love the first Captain America yeah it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. um the only thing that that I noticed this time and it might be because I watched it on a bigger TV than I have I think ever um is some of the green screen stuff is a little wonky here and there. They do, yeah. they rely a little bit too heavily on on using green screen CG. That was before they knew stuff. they could give money to a <clears throat> Captain America movie. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. And, and honestly, some of it's kind of cool because it gives it this weird, like picturesque, almost like a painting quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's some moments where I go, "That was they didn't need that. You could have built a small set for that one." Like yeah. it, it, so, it, that's the only complaint I have. Really, I think it's a fun movie. Um, and then, oh, I haven't watched them yet, and I'll, but I'll, I'll report on them later. But I just wanted to say I bought finally bought my two first two uh, Scream Factory Blu-rays. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Scream Factory is like the – somebody that I've heard talk before has quoted them as like the, the criterion of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like they put out really nice uh, really nice discs that have a lot of special features on them and kind of cool new artwork. And you can flip it to have the original artwork if you want. So like they, they do – they put a lot of love and, and, and care into the – into the releases, the releases. Awesome. and they typically do a really nice new transfer of the movies too from what i understand but i bought uh the burning which is um the weinstein's first movie mm. also jason alexander's yeah. first movie also fisher stevens first movie also holly hunter's first movie with a soundtrack by um what special effects by tom savini who's the master and uh soundtrack by rick wakeman who i believe is of yes of the band yes he does the soundtrack. Awesome. What, what a weird mashup. Anyway, <laughs> it, it's a summer camp slasher. I'm excited to watch it again. What a confluence of talent. Yes. What a what a smattering of talent. Um, are you looking at Rick Wakeman? For yeah, me? I remember Rick Rick Wakeman from a uh, Dead Kennedy song. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. I can't remember the name of the song off the time. I believe he's from. <laughs> but they yes. call out Rick Wakeman as like, and they're like, "Are we pop enough now, Rick Wakeman?" Oh, Ooh, they call him out. I like that. Really Shots fired. Yeah. Um, they had beef with Rick Wakeman. Yeah, the dead Kennedy's versus the guy from Yes. <laughs> um, what a battle. And then I bought uh, Romero's Day of the Dead from 85, which I've never seen on Blu-ray, and I'm like itching. Like, very excited. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll report back on how those were. Cool. You'll know when I keep talking about how I keep buying these, if they're good. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, I watched Top 5 on the plane to Alaska. Uh, it was quite good. I I liked it. It's a Chris Rock movie. It's a Chris Rock movie from a couple years ago that was up for some awards. And um, I think it was up for some... Was it up for Best Picture? Maybe no, not. No, not that. Maybe not, because the Oscars don't like to... Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah, say. They don't do that. <laughs> so never mind. Maybe I'm wrong. It had a lot of Oscar buzz, <laughs> okay. I should say, because it did. And uh, it's pretty It's pretty good. Rosario Dawson's in it. Chris Rock's in it. Chris Rock directs. And I think he does a very good job with you it. You write it, too? Uh, I think so. I think so. And so it's just kind of, uh, it was an awkward movie to watch on a plane. 
because there's some nudity and very questionable things happening on the screen. So there were a few times where I like kind of had just had my hand in front of the screen because I was like, oh, God, I hope nobody looks over and sees this. I didn't even know you could watch movies that had any sort of major. You well, know. You, you can actually on those set, but I had this on my on my iPad. Oh, OK. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I thought it was I thought it was like a rental, like a no, flight rental. No, okay. no. OK. Uh, not I was like, case. can you do that? <laughs> but yeah, you, you can. Really? It's kind, of, it's kind of weird. That's weird. Um. Which is funny because then I also went. Shades of Grey on your flight. <laughs> I also went to go watch. Uh, Nicole's wanted to watch the show called Catastrophe, which is on Amazon, and I went to go start it, and it said it had nudity in it, so I turned it off. And then I also downloaded the first episode of House of Lies with Don yeah. Cheadle, and that starts with him splayed out naked on top of this woman. So I was like, nope, turning that one off too. <laughs> So then I was just like, all right, back to Fringe. And then I just watched a bunch of episodes. Because, you know, like, flayed dead people is okay, but nudity is not. I was going to say, I watched Fargo on the plane with no problem. <laughs> like, there's a kid right behind me. You, no that's, shame. You're like, that's yeah, beautiful. Um, and, yeah, I've watched, I watched a bunch of the Fargo TV show on, on planes. But, anyway, um, we've, Nicole and I have been watching a show called Togetherness, which is on HBO. By the Duplass brothers and one of their friends, and it stars Mark Duplass and that said friend plus Amanda Peet and Melanie Linsky, and it's all about feelings and relationships and stuff, but not only that, but it's got a lot of good humor to it, and they are absolute masters of making you feel terrible and then making you laugh even though you feel terrible. And it's it's an awesome exercise of that. There's only two seasons, and it got canceled after season two. But so far, they're both fantastic. Almost done with season two now. And um, trying to think if there's anything else, I think that might be it. Have you bought two guys a girl in a pizza place yet? Not yet. I'm going to. Is though. it out? Well, uh, Shout Factory. Shout, Shout Factory <laughs> is is releasing it in June, and I think if you pre-order it off of their site for sixty bucks or whatever, then you get it a month early. So it is only on DVD. It's not Blu-ray, mm-hmm. but it's fucking better than the VHS rips I've got on my hard drive. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I went, I have to let Alex yep. know. Like, yeah. he has to know. That's that's going to get purchased. It's probably going to get purchased tonight now that you that's just awesome. reminded me of it. That's so. awesome. Did I, real quick, did I ever tell a story about um, watching Iron Man and Incredible Hulk on the plane to Colorado? Ever told you I don't story? know. Okay, real quick. There's a, I was sitting there, and I put Iron Man on. I have my headphones. Oh, yeah. It's on my you, laptop. You had somebody sitting next to you. This little old lady sitting yeah. next to me, and she's knitting. I'm not making this up. She's, like, knitting, like, crocheting. And she's sitting next to me, and I keep, like, noticing her, like, kind of look over and, like, watch, like, stop knitting and watching the screen when Iron Man's on. I was like, she's kind of into this. So I was like, I like kind of, you know, subtly put the subtitles on for her so she could like understand what was Good going on. Good guy Willie putting on the subtitles <clears throat> for his. And so she like pretty much watched the movie, like the whole movie. And like by the time it was done, she like sat down. The, <laughs> she was done. Like, and, and then I went to go put Incredible Hulk and I put it in. And I could, she's like, oh, what's this one? And I was like, oh, this is Incredible Hulk. I was like. Iron Man pops up in this one too, and she goes, "Oh, that's great!" And so I gave her one of my earbuds. So we're sitting there with earbuds. But I have one in, and she has one in, and we're just sitting there watching the Incredible Hulk together. It was really nice. It was kind of sweet. That's and so afterwards, she was done. She's like, oh, "Thank you for that." I was like, "Oh yeah, it's a beautiful you story." It. Yeah, beautiful. It's pretty story. cool. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for a game. Okay. Uh, uh, that was based off of Totally Red Show's media mashup, uh, which is where they would take. Movies and games and TV shows, and they would kind of build the titles together, but you would have to guess it based off of a synopsis that they gave you. So I'm only doing this with movies. Thank you. And the ground rules are that the movie synopses are in order, just to kind of give you that. 
Uh, if you guys, you guys get one guess each first, and then it's f- up for grabs to whoever gets it. Um, I can give you clues for the movies, depending on which one. You might have figured one of the two movies out, and then if you need some like clues, then I can give you more to it than that. Okay. But so here, here's my, here's my, um, here's my example. Oh, thank you. I was, I needed a yeah. sampler. When a man is diagnosed with terminal cancer, he takes custody of his myth- misanthropic, well, misanthropic teenage son for whom quality time means traveling across the backwoods of Texas searching for an urban for urban legends of murder and ending up as prisoners of a bizarre and sadistic backwater family of serial killers. That, of course, would be life as a house of a thousand corpses. Oh, oh you blend the synopses. So, I like so, this. So I kind of put the synopses together. Some of the details of the stories may have changed to better fit the oh, overall. Oh, boy. This is going to be tough. Okay. But okay. So, so I've got, uh, let's see, I've got ten of them here. Okay. All right, let's do um, it. And uh, so we'll go, we'll go from here. There, these aren't in any real particular order. but uh, So number one, and if you guys could keep track of the ones that you get. Okay. Okay. If, yeah. if you can. All right. Uh, a sol- or you, you're the official scorekeeper. Please That's write true. in. Let <laughs> us know who won this game. Uh, a soldier falls in love with a college student, but when she dies and leaves him the gift of a dog, the dog is unjustly killed and he must avenge the dog. So whoever raises their hand first gets the first guess, I guess. All right. Dear John Wick. That is oh, correct, Willie. It work, is Dear work. John Wick. I kept thinking, is the notebook in Dear John? Like They're both sparks. Yeah. So, They're both sparks? Uh, okay. Yeah. God, the, the Nicholas sparks. sparks movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. You got um, one. Willie's got one. So number two here. A young musician tormented by an abusive situation at home must contend with a rival singer, a burgeoning romance, his own dissatisfied band, and the fact that his savant brother is getting much bi- a much bigger inheritance than him when they, their father dies. Purple Rain Man. Purple Rain Man is correct. Tim really Gunn. All right. Number three. <clears throat> An all-American trucker gets dragged into a centuries-old mystical battle when hired to expose an adulterer and... Oh, sorry. An all-American trucker gets dragged into a centuries-old mystical battle when hired to expose an adulterer and finds himself caught up in a web of deceit, corruption, and murder. Big, uh, yeah, big really. trouble in Little Chinatown? That is correct. Good job. All right, number four. <laughs> After New York City receives a series of attacks from giant flying robots, a reporter teams up with a pilot in search of their origin, as well as stop a media mogul's plan to induce war between China and the U.K., in order to obtain exclusive global media coverage. There's only like one. <laughs> Read the second part of that again. Read the second part. Okay. Uh, as well as stop a media mogul's plan to induce war between China and the UK in order to obtain exclusive global media coverage. Oh, 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 oh. We're helping each other. That's a Bond movie. That's the one with Robert Carlyle. Because he's the media mogul. Oh, no, that, no, that's the one with um, with Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price. Remember, it's really boring. It's the, it's the world is not enough. I think is is uh, the... well. The Jonathan Price one is tomorrow never dies. Okay. Okay. What's the first one again? After New York oh. City, re- Willie. Edge of Tomorrow Never Dies. That is incorrect. All right. After New York City receives a series of attacks from giant flying robots. Oh yeah, they're aliens. No. A reporter teams up with a pilot in search of, in search of their origin, as well as stop a media mogul's blah 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 blah. So w- Willie's given his gaff- guess, Tim. Now it's kind of yours until you guess something, and then I don't remember that, that, that second plot is killing me. 
I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? Willie, yeah. you got any more guesses? Someone is that. Tim, do you know Someone's the... Someone's f- listening to this right now. They're screaming. Do you know the first one? There's a giant robot in New York. That's a lot of movies. Which ones? Transformers. Yeah. What other giant robot movies are there? Oh, like Battleship? They're not New York. <laughs> I've seen um, Battleship. They're out on the they're on the ocean. Transmorphers. Transmorphers. All right, I'm gonna give you the star but of the first movie. I don't remember any of the. Okay. Jude Law. Both <laughs> of you can go up. Like this is free reign now. Jude Law. Jude Law well, is the star of the first. He movie. He fights robots in a movie. Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow Never Dies. There you go, nice. Tim. <laughs> Tied two and it? two. Apparently, according to the Sky IMDb Bus. synopsis, I've never that seen Skyboss. Hacked together, yeah, Skyboss. Skyboss <laughs> Sky on the best day ever. All right, here we go. In the dead of a Wyoming winter, a bounty hunter and his prisoner find a shelter in a cabin where they meet up with two Antarctic explorers who left behind their team of, do- of sled dogs. Hateful really? Eight Below. The Hateful Eight Below. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> All right, this one's kind of a mess, but. When an eccentric man-child-slash-babysitter gets his beloved bike stolen in broad daylight, he leaves his safe suburban surroundings in search of it, unaware of the perilous adventures that await him and the kids he's looking after who have tagged along. Willie. Pee-wee's Big Adventures in Babysitting? That is correct. Nice work. Thank you. You're up four to two? Yeah. All right. A simple man hospitalized since his childhood murder of his mother and her lover is released to start a new life in a small town where he must pursue and try to terminate four replicants who have stole a ship to space and return to Earth to find their creator. Will. Sling Blade Runner. Sling Blade Runner. <laughs> I was going to make that one a triple and make it Sling Blade Runner Runner. Oh, But God. I, I, I decided to stick to... Ben Affleck giving up on a Russian accent halfway through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, Willie, it's five to two? Wow, should I see Runner Runner? I don't know. I like it. <laughs> he feeds people the crocodiles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Justin Timberlake says, don't feed me the crocodiles. <laughs> Affleck, what's wrong yeah, with you? Like, no, I must. He's like, I will feed you to the crocodiles. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to feed you the crocodiles, Justin. <laughs> yeah, no, he... I think he does a rush. That's really stupid. All right. Watch it. I gotta, I Sharpshooter Matt Quigley is hired from Wyoming by an Australian rancher paying a very high price to seduce French women out of their inheritances. It's, well, it's quickly down under seduce French women out of their inheritance. What's that movie? It sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> quickly down under <laughs> the sea. Oh, come on, Tim. Oh, quickly down under the cherry moon. That is correct. Oh, my God. <laughs> There is a plot to that movie. <laughs> was that the plot of that movie? Kind yes. of. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of made that half the rest of the, the under the chair. Now I can envision is is Selleck. I didn't expect you to throw two Prince movies in there. Yeah, oh, Selleck teaming known. with Jerome to seduce French women. Yeah. Um. All right. Number nine. Ask again. It's two more left, so it's kind of under the water for Tim, but that's oh, all right. Oh, this oh, is fun. <laughs> Uh, the discovery of a massive river of ectoplasm under New York City and a surge in spectral activity can't stop these three drag queens from their traveling across country, but their car breaking down can. What Ghostbusters, two Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Love, Julie Newmar. There you go. So it's three and six. Three and six. All right. And then finally, 
A childless couple bury a box containing all of their wishes for an infant in their backyard, but when they go to a punk show, they get stuck backstage after witnessing a horrifying event. Willie, what is it? The Odd Life of Timothy Greenroom. There you go. <laughs> what is the first movie? The Odd Life of Timothy Green. It's a weird... They grow a kid. It's a it's a uh, Jennifer Garner, Joel Edgerton film, oh, Disney film, I think. Okay, I, and now it's coming back to me a little bit. I never saw yeah. it. So that was uh, Movie Mashup. If you guys have any movie mashups that you want to write, please send them to me. I will not partake in the competition. I will only read them to our, our other hosts that are present at the time. We can maybe do a listener-supported uh, uh, game, which I think would be fun. Uh, we're re-recording this because I fucked it up, but Willie was wondering if we could get you on, on the phone. And I don't know. Maybe we could. I don't know what the time difference is. Yeah, and even if we can't do that, then he has sent us MP3 messages before. Yes. So I could always play them for you guys. Yes. He probably reads things better than I do because everybody does. But could challenge each other. Yeah. There you battle go. Yoop. Yoop v. Willie. <laughs> Don Dawn of... Don of trivia. <laughs> yeah. This is the Don of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's on to our full review. Of Jeremy Sonier's Green Room. Uh, the IMDb, not, IMDb synopsis says some things that I don't necessarily want to read. Right. Because I think if you go in dark, the better. I was going to say, this is going to be a tough one for non-spoilers. Yeah. So our non-spoilers might be kind of quick. But the movie stars Anton Yelkin, uh, Im- Imogen Poots, Elias Shawkat, and uh, some other people. Uh, most notably, Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah, basically a punk rock man gets caught up in some shit. Yes. Yes, that's a good that's a good non spoiler way yeah. to sum it up. Um, so did anybody see Blue Ruin? Mm-hmm. Nope. No. So Willie, how I'm is Blue to. Ruin? It's fucking awesome. Yeah, and I'm swearing again. It's the spoiler section. No, it's not the spoiler uh, section. I'm just gonna swear. Whatever. Uh, no, uh, Blue Ruin's sweet. It's really cool. It's like a it's it's um a gorgeous movie, which I think Green Room is too. Um, and it's. But it's it's low budget and it's a lot of unknowns in terms of actors, and it makes it more effective because it's this revenge story and it's you, it's very unpredictable and this feels like a natural progression for the director to move to you know yeah, yeah. I mean Blue Ruin's cool everybody should check it out for sure if you're into kind of like slow burn like revenge tales it's kind of it's almost a, I hate to throw it into like a being a throwback but it reminds me of older like revenge movies almost okay. yeah so. Hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about Green Room then. Uh, you guys were pretty excited about this movie, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly. Where did you guys hear about it? Do you remember? Just seeing stuff on the web? Yeah, I was going to say um, it premiered at one of the festivals. Yeah. I think a few months back. Well, um, I think South by Southwest. I, w- I want right? to say South by Southwest or another one. South by Southwest sounds like the type of festival it would sounds yeah. Right, yeah. Pre- premiere at. Um, and, that's, and I had read a, a couple articles on it. Um, I had heard just good buzz about it. It was actually it, at Cannes. I apologize. Last year. Was it actually. at Cannes? Yeah. Okay. In May. Cool. Yeah. Oh. So I had read some reviews from that and they released that really quick one minute trailer of it and I went sold. I'm not going to watch anymore. Like, good. All right. So Tim, what did you think of the movie? I liked it a lot. Um, lived up to my expectations. It is really, really tense and... Just really well done, and I loved how straightforward it is with everything. Um, and it's got a handle on characters, it's got a ha- handle on pacing, and it's got—I mean, I just really liked it. 
I mean, the good guys, the good guys are good guys, the bad guys are bad guys, I must. <laughs> and yeah. it's just, it's just simple, straightforward storytelling done really well. All right, Willie. Um, it's it's scary. Like, this is the first time I've been like like scary in 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 the tension with the tension factor. Like Tim was saying, like yeah, I felt I, like it was a white knuckle. Like legitimately, I, there were moments when I was gripping the side of the seat, like oh my god, like please stop, stop doing this to me. But it was awesome. I constantly felt the sense of danger in this movie, and I think that's something that doesn't happen as often as it used to. Probably for various reasons, you know, just getting a little older and having feel like I've been there, done that, seen this. But this one, man, he just knows how to like really ratchet up the tension and and make you feel like you're there with the characters and like you're, you're like, what would I do in this situation? Mm-hmm. Love movies that do that that make me go, what? How would I react? And then there's an element of realism to a lot of this movie. I mean, yeah, there's some over the top stuff going on for sure, and and, and it 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 has some of like the like I want to say seventies like exploitation level of like gore and violence in some areas, but it all looks real. It all looks like effective. Um, and then I love watching. I, I don't want to give anything away, but I love watching characters make uh, decisions, snap decisions that. I could see myself making in the situation and then paying a horrible price for it <laughs> and going, oh, I'd be dead. Yeah. Like I'd be dead or hurt or, you know, I would get somebody else killed. You know, like that, that, that's what freaks me out about this movie. It's almost like, uh, Tim and I were talking about it afterwards and Tim had mentioned assault on precinct 13. And that's a really, really good example. I don't remember what I mentioned, which is funny that that's, uh, what did I, what did I meant? What did I compare it to? <laughs> I remember what you compared I'm it to, but. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we we were we were talking about older movies, and it's 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 not like it's ripping those off, and it, I, I'm not even sure that that was intentional. Um, it just it it stands up there with those movies, those siege movies, you know, um, where the odds are stacked against our characters. We get to learn and know enough about the characters to feel for them and to want them to get through whatever they're going through. And uh, yeah, I just really, really, I, I thought it, it it nailed it on all fronts for me. So, all right. Um, yeah, I like this movie a lot. I don't think I ever want to watch it again, <laughs> but I liked it. And, and it's just, I felt like probably every, every sequence in the movie, I just was like, <sighs> and I just like felt like I had this huge weight off my shoulders. Were you by yourself? Then, yeah, I was by myself. Yeah. And there were, there were maybe like four other people in the theater, but it just kind of like, slowly you, it's it's like a roller coaster in the sense that you feel the chain pulling you up and then you just get released and crazy things are happening and it's it's really really well made um it's beautifully shot uh and i think the characters the characters feel pretty real um some of them are a little bit one note but it's it's not i mean there's so many people in the movie that it's kind of hard to you can't flesh everybody out mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bit disappointed in, in, in the villainous, the head of the villainous people, because I felt as though you get some indication of who he is and what he's doing, but you don't get any real, like, his, I don't know, his motivations are clear, but they don't feel very personal, which is maybe by design, but we can talk more about that later. Okay. Um, what else did I want to say? This movie, I like how transparent it is about both sides, but yet you're still very, the movie's still very tense, 
like as Tim said, the bad guys are bad guys and the good guys are good guys. You know who's who, but it still manages to surprise you and and kind of pull you along for the ride. And I thought that was pretty fantastic. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I would like to check out Blue Ruin at some point because I know I know a lot of people enjoyed that when it came out. Uh, and I'd like to see what he does next. I think he said he said right now was the right time to make Green Room because he's kind of like he's got the forward trajectory from Blue Ruin because that got a lot of good criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it critically played very well. And and so he wanted to kind of make green room before he got to a point where nobody would take the chance to make it with him anymore, and and I think uh, I think he played that properly. He played his cards properly. I'm excited to see him move on to other things and bigger things, and and see what he can do with that. So congrats to Jeremy Saunier. I think we're we're in a weird era of we talked about this a little bit before of Hollywood where it feels like big studios. Um, like uh, Trevor, I'll use Colin Trevor as an example. Yeah. Um, but this is happening all over the place where they, you know, they put out a really kind of a, a critical darling indie movie, and then the studios go, "That's our, that's the guy for our big budget yep. thing." And I'm loving that. I don't. I think that's that's a trend that's going to continue, and we're going to keep seeing that. But I love. I'm finding myself more invested in the directors that are whether it's by choice or just it's the way it's worked out for them that are taking that more traditional route and gradually building that resume to the point where they, yeah, they could do something big budget. I mean, he could get, he could get locked to do something huge tomorrow and I'd be super psyched for it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy to see guys like him and Coogler actually, Ryan Coogler, I think is a perfect example of that too. Um, you know, went from Fruitvale and then I felt like, uh, Creed was a natural progression of that. And now of course he's doing Black Panther yeah. and, and, uh, Sonny, I think could, could do something similar where he's, you know, like green room really feels like, um, like an advancement upon what he did in blue ruin in terms of budget and, and the actors he had available to him and the effects and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I, I don't know. I think it's exciting to watch these, these directors that are coming up the more traditional route. I think it's kind of cool. Um, and I, I'm not knocking guys like Colin Trevorrow or, um, I'm trying to think of another example of Gareth Edwards. Uh, yeah. I'm not knocking. I, I, yeah. I, I like both those guys. Um, I'm just, I, I think it's cool to see the traditional trajectory. It's nice to see them take their time and find their voice before they could potentially get like, look, swallowed at, up for, for, for all the Gareth Edwards, uh, for all the Colin Trevorrow's who, who's, Pretty successful, regardless of what we felt about Jurassic World. Yeah, right. I, I, I uh, like Jurassic World. I don't hate gonna it. Be, so. There's going to be Josh Tranks that kind of fall on their faces when they when they step up to the plate. Yeah. So it's it's kind of when when people do a more logical pro- progression like the two that you like who, who you said, you feel like that's less of a concern when they get up there because then you're kind of like. You've been around the block a few more times. You've done you've done some awesome stuff previously, and 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 now you're ready to take on something big. But and if somebody gave somebody like Sony like a huge like a two hundred million dollar movie, you know what I mean? Like or even even a little smaller than that. I mean, um, and and it didn't work out well for him. I mean, I feel like he's the kind of guy who could bounce back. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could recover right. from that. Um, I just want to throw it out there, like. I think True Dick season three. This is a guy that could definitely do a handful of episodes Ooh. for us because <laughs> I think he would. He'd kill That'd it. Be awesome. I think he'd we're kill also it. kind of seeing that happening. There was some news this week we didn't talk about. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg was picked up for a Black Mirror episode. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, so he's going to direct a Black Mirror episode for Netflix, BBC. However, that stuff works. 
But, <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so and that kind of thing, like that would be great. I don't know if we're going to get a True Dick season three. No, I, I don't just, know if anybody I, knows. It'd be cool though. I mean, <laughs> but he would he would be a tall like yeah, that would be a good a good get for them. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. well, like Neil Marshall is is a perfect example of that. It's Game of Thrones. Yeah, because he's yeah. now he's doing a lot of TV and and I mean why not? <laughs> like TV is kind of the place to go for a lot of the creative. I think minds totally. in in Hollywood, especially so. when you're. I mean, uh, that level of filmmaker might be a little harder to get a movie made. Go yeah. do TV, build some. Jeremy, please don't direct any Walking Dead episodes. I, I mean, I think hey, like if it's get some exposure, I say go for it. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't waste your talent there. <laughs> Who knows? He could do a good episode of The Walking Dead. Yeah. He could do Fear of the Walking Dead. By the way, update on The Walking Dead. I saw an article today that was analyzing some of the <laughs> rocks on the ground in front of the first person cam. Uh to try and figure out who Nagan uh, killed. So they never got that uh that that petition never worked out for them then. No, they're still yeah. Although uh, season seven, according to Greg Nicotero, season seven production has officially started. So, so we should know soon. So we're going to know soon because yeah. of set photos. So That show, man. Yeah. Set photos leak out of that show. Like, it's unreal. Well, when you get as big as The Walking Dead and like Game of Thrones and everything. Yeah, and they're all to... doing exterior. A lot of it's exterior. So it's yeah. kind of hard to, yeah. I can't fault them for that. It is what it is. Anyway. They still give, uh, Ernest Dickerson gets work on Walking Dead, doesn't he? The man behind Demon Knight and Juice. <laughs> And Bones. Yeah, and Bones. I love our, I think he still gets... He did The Wire. I think he does Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I was just... I was literally just listening to a podcast, uh, Killer POV, which Tim, of like many podcasts I've talked about on here, turned me on to. So thanks, Tim. <laughs> it just ended, but it's continuing in another form. Yeah. Um, but, Shockwaves, I think. Yeah, but uh-huh. it's a really good podcast. It's it's mostly horror-oriented, but they're just talking about Ernest Dickerson. So this, this is the second Ernest Dickerson drop <laughs> that's happened to me in the last like two hours of my life. So that's pretty awesome. cool. That's a good day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting to come home, and Nikki's like, "Hey, did you check out that new Ernest Dickerson?" <laughs> <laughs> Ernest Dickerson did this uh, movie. It was a pilot for a show called Cosmic Slap on HBO. It was Ernest Dickerson and the Hughes Brothers, I think. Were I remember it. this. It had George Clinton. It was like a Black Twilight Zone. It was amazing. That sounds fantastic. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sounds... I got. I, you can only find it on like YouTube now. I remember Man. the name of the show because uh, I remember going, "What is that?" Because um. George Clinton's head would like appear and he'd be like the talking head, he'd be like the Rod Serling. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so Why good. Why not? <laughs> oh. It messed me up. Okay, we're, we've got off. I love how happy you are right now. <laughs> I love George Clinton. Prince could have shown up. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Yeah. Very Morris, true. at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George Clinton starved Good Burger. Anyway, we're going <laughs> to, uh, everybody here says go see Green Room if it's in the yeah. theater near yeah. you. If you can stomach. Really, really brutal stuff. Yeah, yeah, if you're, if you're, and yeah, the mo- I think I texted you guys afterwards. I said that wow, we, that yeah. movie was brutal, and then neither of you said anything to we, it. Well, we did. I was I, like, we talked to this morning. We we're like, I don't know, like, well, how did Alex react to this? Like, we we couldn't. Yeah, I didn't get. I was going to mention this off the record, but I didn't get any of your uh, texts that you sent at all while you were in Alaska until today at work. <laughs> <laughs> so I got like thirty text messages that of you responding fun. to group messages, and I was like, I don't know what these mean. <laughs> I had no context for it. Well, I apologize. That's, no, you're fine. It's not ridiculous. your fault. It was pretty funny, though, because people were reacting to the picture you sent of Alaska. They're like, oh, that looks gorgeous. Where are you, man? And all this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, oh, what is he talking about? <laughs> and then I get the picture today. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like it a weird. It did look gorgeous. It yeah. did. It was really nice. I That's agree with strange. everybody that said that. So. <laughs> anyway, go see Green Room. We'll be right back in Spoiler Terry. We'll be right back.
Here we are in Spoiler Cherry for Green Room. Willie, you want to start us off? Um, yeah. So let's talk about how gross some of the stuff in this movie is first. Let's just get it out of the way. Oh, my God. Um, first of all, that headshot at the end on Patrick Stewart looks oh, so real. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Jim said after the movie, he goes, he goes like, did they kill Patrick Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have we seen him? Has, anybody seen him? <laughs> Has he been around since? <laughs> um, and uh, I've been seeing Ian McKellen alone a lot more lately. <laughs> which is not the norm. <laughs> Um and uh yeah and, and uh, Anton Yelkin's hand man oh, that was the one I think that was mm. that was so messed up Anton Yelkin's hand or Imogen Poots slicing, slicing that guy guy's head. belly open and the thing yeah. is like it it ha- it's a split second of gore like yeah. it's it's but you can see like the layers of fat and stuff when she cuts that's just so gross no and the, even even when <laughs> <You're> she <right. laughs> like it's a yellow fat that kind of <laughs> it's so nasty even when she fakes out the guy at the end and and the guy blows off the dead girl's leg with the shotgun behind the smoke screen it's still like god the the gore in this movie is very effectively it's visceral man it's It's, um a24 the production company behind this uh i like them on like facebook or twitter or something and they've just been tweeting like every day um a picture of tarantino talking about how much he loved green room and i'm like (laughs) oh yep makes sense yeah (laughs) yeah um. Yeah. This is this movie's nasty. Yeah. Uh, all the dog attacks. Like I was like, oh my yeah. god, what a horrible way to get killed. <laughs> like, know, it's terrible. Um. The other thing I really wanted to bring up was um, I, when I was talking earlier in non spoilers about like making a, the wrong like the decision that makes sense, but be having it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Um, I loved the drummer in the band. He was so fucking cool, and like, like, because he's doing like UFC moves and shit to the big guy, and he's yeah. he, like, he was handling the situation. And I was like. I, and after Anton gets his hand chopped, I'm like, oh, wow, I thought he was going to be, like, the lead. And, yeah. like, he's at least going to be out of commission for most of this movie, if not get killed. So I'm like, the drummer, that's what they did. They 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 did the old, uh, the old um, so Janet Lee on us here. Like, yeah. we thought we knew who was going to be the lead, but it wasn't. <laughs> and, then, and then he, like, jumps out a window to get away from the dog. Totally smart thing to do. I would have done the exact same thing. And gets instantly shanked a hundred times as soon as he... I felt so bad for him. I was like, that sucks. Like... Yeah. Uh, that part really fucked me up because it was like the one-two combo of losing uh, the singer and the drummer um, like almost immediately one after the other and I I remember thinking at that point like is this movie going to take a turn I didn't expect like at that moment I literally went I I think everybody's going to die within the next 10 minutes here like I think we're going to watch a movie of like some weird movie for the next hour about like this neo-Nazi group like cleaning up after their murders or something like I thank God it didn't do that <laughs> I, I didn't want to watch that movie but um yeah and then it, I don't know it, I love the unpredictability of some of the stuff that went down and once again with uh, Mark Weber's character the the neo the Nazi who's turning who yeah. who was going to leave and kind of the the crux of the whole thing being that he. Uh, he was going to leave that night, and that's what set up the chain of events. Yeah. Um, when he shows up, I was like, fuck yeah, they got this dude on their side. He looks badass. He knows where the guns are at. Here we go. Boom, dead. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yep. Like, how are they? They finally yeah. get an asset for them, and then they, he, they just Gone. lose them immediately. Gone. Yeah, yeah, and I loved that. I love that sense of, of that's how shit happens. If, if you're in a situation like this, somehow, if you manage to be in this crazy situation, like, like people would be dying. Like, like, not everybody would. And it wouldn't be some sort of long, drawn-out, like, no it's yeah. like like you know slow motion moment of like where they get to say their final words before they sacrifice no they just die like that's that's it that's, yeah. that's a wrap so uh that it, it fucked me up in that way more so than even like the gore and stuff i think just the the rawness of of death in this movie just like <laughs> this the just the brutal truth of just you're dead like that's it so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Tim, you got anything you want to? Um, yeah, what Willie said. I mean, Willie and I kind of have the same thoughts coming out of it. I like the. Um, here's the thing. Um, Anton Yelkin, I really liked in this movie, and I'm not always the biggest fan. I think he can be, and it's weird. <laughs> I just trail off sometimes that I get another thought. Um, yeah, like I don't. You're good. Um, Punk's dead. Punk has been dead for yeah. 30 years. Um, there have been bands that release pop punk albums in that time, but for the most part, and that's what's so nice because this is it's a coming of age tale, and it's perfect because. These kids are in a punk band, but they're not punks. No. They're they're probably middle class. They've probably never really done, they've never really wanted for anything in their life. And that's where they get the character growth from. And they mention it throughout the movie where the one true moment for each character is when they uh, name their desert island band. Yep. And a couple, one person says Prince, mm-hmm. um, the other person... I'm blanking. Somebody mentioned Steely Dan. Steely Dan. Yeah. yeah. And so that is their, that's kind of their coming of age moment. That's their, that's the most punk rock thing they do in the entire movie. Maybe other than when they play uh, Nazi punks fuck off mm-hmm. to the Nazis, which was really, that was pretty cool. I've, I love that scene. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. But um, I, I just really loved them using um, punk music today as a background for that kind of idea. And then finally at the end, Anton Yelkin. And that's why he's so great in this role is because I don't buy Anton Yelkin as a punk rocker at all. Um, he's he, he comes off as very scared and very timid a lot of the time. Same thing with um, the young lady. Imogen well, Poots? Nope. Uh, Imogen Poots comes off. Like a badass. Elliot Shawcat. They're both very good in this movie. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, the other two, the drummer and the guitarist, probably come off more. But those two who kind of anchor some of the more stuff, they, I mean, they're the two who survived the longest out of that group, other than Image and Poots, but um, out of the band. And those are the two that kind of, yeah, as they come to grips with everything, it's when they grow up throughout the movie. So yeah. he finally, at the end of the movie, he's going to name his punk rock band. And it's a great line yeah. at the end of it. I don't want to ruin it until yeah. everybody sees it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I like that other than that, there's no ambiguity about this movie. Mm-hmm. You get answers for everything. You get why the girl was killed. Unless you go to the bathroom. Well. I went to the bathroom and I missed the entire crux of the movie. <laughs> really had to explain. It, was that, it was the scene where um, the guy goes in after his girlfriend who was in yeah. there. And, and they explain exactly what everything <laughs> was happening. And I was like, plot. shit, when Tim comes back, I'm going to have to explain like, the whole plot of this movie. Like, <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. But so yeah, if you don't go to the bathroom, they cover all the bases. But um, it's pretty easy to figure out. Yeah, it's it's not it's not super complicated, and I it's just kind of something that nowadays in movies, for some reason, when we walk in, when they walk in and see this girl dead on the floor, maybe it's the cynic in me that's always like, are we going to bother figuring out why she's dead, or is it just a non-point? It doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, right. and really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, like, but it's kind of one of those. I don't know. It's just kind of I like having logic behind things. <laughs> Yeah, you want so, a valid reason for why they would go to these lengths yeah. to, to cover that up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about Patrick Stewart for a moment. Yeah. yeah. I like the role. I Me think too. it's a cool role for him. Yeah. Because he hasn't really been that villainy before. But no. uh, I, it's, it still kind of left me wanting a bit because while... You understand that he's trying to protect his 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 crew and his drug operation. It doesn't. I don't know. I guess I wanted him to be more evil 
or something. I wanted it to be more personal. And in the end, it just kind of feels like, I don't know. I don't it, really have the words for it. I think there's a couple. There's I, I totally see where you're coming from. I'm not even going to argue against it. I think there's a couple reasons why you feel that way. And I, you know, I felt a little bit like that, too. If there was one thing that I wish was expanded on a little bit more, it would have been the Patrick Stewart character. Yeah. <clears throat> My only reasons I think that we feel that way are, A, it's Patrick Stewart. Like, yeah. even though he's playing a character in this movie and he's, he's very good in the role, he's still Patrick Stewart. Like, I look at him and I see Patrick Stewart. And we're used to Patrick Stewart being this smooth British guy who, you know, like, he's just, yeah. he, I don't know, very well spoken and he just, he's, he plays a certain type of character. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's tough, it's almost tough to buy him in a role where he's, he's like, takes, like, the nastiest, grimiest way of, like, handling the situation. Like, you almost expect Patrick Stewart to, like, because of who he is, you expect him to talk his way out of the yeah, situation. Charm, charm them out right, of Right, the exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and I guess he tries to a little bit. But, yeah. And I think the other issue is is that um, I do think they rest a little bit on their laurels when it comes to, like, what well, we cast Patrick Stewart. Really, what else matters? Like, yeah. Patrick Stewart's playing a skinhead in our movie. That's enough. And to a certain extent it is because it's like, oh, yeah, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Stewart's playing a skinhead right now. This is insane. But but I don't I, – I think they could have done a bit more with the character. Yeah, yeah, with, with – not like you said. Not that he doesn't have motivation. I get why he's doing it. Um, I would just would have liked to have seen why. Why not just burn the place to the ground? I mean, if this guy is as powerful as he seems like he is, I know there's a lot of drugs down there, but that is is that his whole operation? Like he seems yeah. like the kind of guy who's probably got more going on than just this one dingy bar. You know what I mean? I, I don't know it. I wish I had a, a bigger idea, uh, a better idea of the bigger picture of his operation. Yeah. So that I understood why this was the. That's the way he chose to handle it, just to kill all the kids in the... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. So I get that. I do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that covers most right. of... Um, was I going to expound? No. I, was, I thought I was going to go further. Either. I felt really bad for the dog. I did too. Yeah. There's a scene at the end with the dog that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Do they... So, uh, real quick, I, one moment that well, it, it breezes by so fast. Did they give the dog a, like some sort of shot to let it make it die? Was that what they did? Because doesn't he say... Doesn't he give He's it a shot? Hour. Before he's going to croak, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't... Because they give it a shot and he says something like, yeah, he's got like an hour or so. Before. Yeah. See, and that's something that I wasn't clear about. I guess that kind of... I guess, what, what do they need him to die so that he doesn't kill them? No. No, because he lives longer. The dog lives longer an hour, too. My, and my, my kind of... My thought behind it was that... Because uh, when Alia gets taken down... Sam, I think is her name in the movie... When she gets taken down, I think she gets a shot of the shotgun off. I didn't know if she partly injured the dog. Maybe. Okay. And that and like he gave it a shot of something to keep it alive for an hour, but mm-hmm. I I don't know. Or maybe it's one of those things where like I mean I, I don't know how much truth there is to it. I I didn't research, but like that whole thing where once an animal like tastes blood and it gets like you can't ever really get it back to being any more version of calm and you know what I mean? Like even to a handler it would never be Yeah. Yeah, and but so they're like, well, it's better at to the put same it down. time, I feel like I feel like the the rest of the movie demonstrates because clearly he walks right past them. And, <laughs> that is true. He's done at that point. He's yeah. like, oh, I've had enough so. of this shit. Um, the Patrick Stewart character, I wanted to, because yeah, it, it is a bit distracting to see him in the role. But the entire the thing that's scary about the the Nazis in this movie is they're they're all smart and yeah. they're not. They're not idiots. Like they, and they're organized, 
and they have they always, they have a plan, and so like that's that's what made them menacing to me. Yeah. So, um, and Patrick Stewart always adds an air of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very true, and and I think so. I think that certainly adds to the suspense of the movie. Right. I just he feels kind of because he's such a good delegator he feels kind of removed from the situation right. i guess and maybe that's what my issue with it is maybe you would like I, to see him a little more hands i wanted on. him kind of more in the shit uh, if you <laughs> so to speak and and he's not but it all works out okay so it's mm-hmm. not like a big complaint it's just kind of a, a nitpick i really wanted the dog to get him i'm not gonna lie i was kind of hoping yeah. some the dog was gonna get somebody bad yeah get him pooch yeah yeah i liked it cool movie punk rock movie simple yeah. It feels like a punk rock yeah. movie, too. Three chords, get out. Yeah. yeah, I like that. In your face. Yep. There you go. Yeah. They name dropped some good punk bands, too. Yeah. The Damned. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, you can tell. They had a um, radio station. They ran a uh, radio station. Green Room did. Like, online. It was like greenroomradio.com. Oh, that's cool. punk bands, and they would talk about the movie. That's kind of neat. That's and, awesome. Like, advertise it. They, they were blasting it all over Twitter and stuff. That's sweet. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see. I read a couple of... Um, we were talking about what he's doing next because all of us uh, individually and then collectively had said like, well, from now on, clearly his movies have to be a color followed by <laughs> a word that begins with R. Yeah. Um, Pink so, ribbon. What's that? <laughs> Pink ribbon. Purple, Purple Rain remake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or a Black Rain remake. Um, <laughs> or both. Or, or just both. Um, but I was looking into what he was up to next. He would and kill a Black Rain remake. He really by would. The way. <laughs> it, it'd be sweet. Actually, do a sequel. White Squall. Do a sequel. Get Michael Douglas there's back. No, honestly, there's no R there, but yeah, it could funny. be White Rain. I don't know. I could think of another R. It could be the sequel. White Rage. White That's kind of this movie could have been called White Rage. Um, <laughs> Alternate title. He's got two projects coming up, according to IMDb. So take it with a grain of salt, because who knows? Uh, one called. Uh, the Defection, which is the... Let's see the plot here. The CIA hires a charismatic case officer from the Cold War era to track down a contractor who's defected to North Korea with a mysterious... Sounds like kind of a cool MacGuffin mystery. And then this one sounds even more exciting. Hold the Dark. A wolf hunter tracks down a young child in the Alaskan wilderness. Yes. Sweet. <laughs> Please. Did those, did those have actors attached to them or not? Nothing. Okay. Yeah, so that's why I said take it with a grain of salt because who knows. I mean, yeah. he could have mentioned these in an interview like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to do that. You know, so. Interesting. Yeah, I made, I made the joke, and but yeah, he, he, he has also undercut that joke in interviews before being like, yeah, that's not a thing. I was just... I'm kind of disappointed about it. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it's kind of, it's so cool that I want him to just keep doing it. Like I'd be psyched about it. And if all the Blu-rays had like different color cases, like this is Jeremy, if you can hear me, (laughs) rethink this a little bit because, because my Blu-ray collection could really use something cool like that. Like those fast movies look fantastic together. (laughs) Give me something else to get excited about. (laughs) All right. Well, um, what are we doing next week? Next week? I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure. Like the last couple of weeks, there's not much coming out. Right. So, no. What's opening against that? Uh, I don't think anything I is. don't think anything should. No. I remember... Um, this is fun. I, I remember... Do you remember the movie that opened against the first Spider-Man? Because first Spider-Man is like that first movie that I remember like having a huge opening weekend. It was Which I insanity. think had an anniversary today. The original Spider-Man? Today was the release of the original That's Spider-Man. cool. That's neat. Happy oh, birthday, Spider-Man. Heart you, Amy. What is he? Seven? He's 15 now. Yeah. 
about the age of the kid that's playing him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the age of Zendaya. Um, God, yeah, what came out? Something did come out. It was yeah. like, yeah, was it Pluto Nash? No. no. Yeah, I don't know if you're ever going to get this. Um, it, uh, the only reason I remember it is because of the day, like, I was so excited that Friday to see Spider-Man. And I was working the stock room, and a fellow stock room employee came up to me, and he goes, man... I can't, like, I'm going to the movies today. I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah, he goes, no, no, I'm going to see Deuces Wild. Oh, boy. <laughs> Stephen Dorff. Stephen wow. Dorff. And Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> Is Johnny Knoxville in yeah. Deuces Wild? Yeah, for sure. He plays Greaser. Pretty yeah. sure. Wow. Yeah, he's right. really excited about Deuces Wild. There's a bunch of other smaller things that look like they're coming out, but I don't know. That we're not going to see because we're Marvel slaves. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys watch the trailer for Lights Out? Oh, yeah, it was played in front. Yeah, yeah, played in God, front. God, that's terrifying. It looks cool, man. <laughs> I had my headphones on, and it was. That could terrifying. be a good theater one. Okay, yeah. if you wanna. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's bring the ladies. And then, um, <laughs> uh, what was the other one? What was the other trailer we saw in front of it? Oh, the lobster trailer. The lobster. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It looks yeah. like fun. I, I, I kind of paid attention to it, but I kind of didn't, and I was like, "This looks pretty awesome." For some reason, the line that killed me—well, a very valid reason—but the line that killed me was when she's like, "What kind of animal would you like to be?" He's like a lobster, and she goes, "It's a great choice." <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> like, <laughs> Why is it? <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so Captain America: uh, Civil War is our is our review next week. We are Marvel zombies. So yes, we, we are. are. We are. We are. That's to- for sure. I have totally admitted this. Yeah. I think we're all pretty excited for it. I'm, right? Yeah. How do we get on their payroll? Yeah, that's, can we do it that? I think I think people are so willingly throwing themselves at them that they're not paying. Technically, anyone. I tried once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came <Yeah>. kind of close. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Look for that next week. I wish. I'm excited. I wish yeah. I'd make that Valiant universe. We'd be Valiant zombies, too. They're working they w- on They it. might hire us. They are working on they it. They could use our brilliant minds. I haven't seen minds. it. I keep looking for yeah, no, blood, no bloodshot updates. news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe after John Wick 2 hits. Maybe. <laughs> this this is two and like a half hours long, though, Tim. Are you ready for that? What's that? <laughs> Captain America. It's like two and a half That's hours right. long. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had to get up with Peter in Green Room. What's that? I had to get up and go to the bathroom during Green Room, which was an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> and then I had to go again after the movie. I'm going to go to the bathroom like four times. I'm going to miss the entire plot. How many Captain times did you go during Batman vs. Superman? One. That's not bad. You can do this. Yeah. Yeah, because you were, you probably were like, like uh, hopefully you're distracted by the what's all the awesome shit going on and you're just like focused. Focus, yeah. Like laser focused. No, because that, that makes me more anxious. I I used to be really 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 bad about this. Like it was yeah. a, like a problem for me. Where like I don't have a nervous bladder. It's yeah. just not a thing that I have. And like, but anytime I was seeing a movie, only a movie that I was like super psyched for, I'd have to pee. You know why I didn't have time. to pee during Batman versus Superman? Because hmm. I brought my own jar. Oh, <laughs> like Lex Luthor. <laughs> Uh, I didn't get that. At That's first. why I said the rest you. of it. I'm Thank like, you, I gotta help Alex out here. Thank He's you. like, what the hell? I was like, what? And that movie's already out of my brain. But <laughs> yeah, no, I see. Willie and I have talked about this before. This is the too much information part of the podcast. But for some reason, my stomach decides stomach decides to just like implode during <laughs> movies that I actually care about, and some that I don't. So now I've just taken to taking like two emodium before a movie, and then it just to settle. Then I don't have a problem. That's yeah. Funny. See, so. there's nothing you can take for for having to pee. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah, exactly. No, well, there is, but it's like prescription problem stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. There's like, like, like I actually have a health issue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
But uh, yeah. no, you should just get a catheter or something. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. Just put a, just get a, okay, uh, <laughs> the poor man's catheter, which is a just funnel. Just sit in the and back and grab a Gatorade bottle yeah, and call it a day. What if I go to the doctor and say, hey, "Can you write me a prescription for Flovax?" They won't stop making two and a half hour long movies. <laughs> I need your help. <laughs> like, why? Like, can you talk to Hollywood and get these cut down by a half hour at least? <laughs> Somebody should do a study and see if there's a correlation between. Um, the week that Batman vs Superman came out, and the and an increase in in Flomax uh, prescriptions. <laughs> that would be interesting. Kind of like the Super Bowl and the uh, what is it? The Super Bowl and the toilet flushing, right? Like yep. it goes out. The water usage goes See, up. See, what we Super really Bowl. need to do is solve this problem from a different angle. <laughs> like we need to like make like the Batman super suit that just comes up over your case and allows oh, over your seat and allows you to like, like pee while me. you're there. Seems perfect. Yeah, it seems perfect. Yeah, right. If people totally can't get over material. breastfeeding in public, I think that's going to be an issue. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no. Uh, what was I going to say? I think there's a way to solve this. What's yeah. that? Like, no. I honestly, I think there is. I, if if there should be a mandatory, like, if a movie is over two hours mandatory long, mandatory intermission, there should be an intermission. Absolutely. There's I, no reason they can't stop the movie for five minutes to for people to. Get I don't to. think I. Yeah, I didn't go to the bathroom at all during Hateful Eight, except for during the intermission. <laughs> yeah. No, that's. I mean, <laughs> this honestly isn't that hard. To, like, what no. is five minutes going to hurt your screening time? Like your your totally. number of screening? Come on, totally. like it should be just like honestly, like like somewhere between five and ten minutes. Just to make it ten minutes. Ten minutes, you can get up, go spend more money in the theater, mm-hmm. which they would like. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, and use the bathroom. Like, just be a nice courtesy thing that theaters do for people. Mm-hmm. You heard it here. We want intermissions back. Yeah, totally. you can play some of the score. Not for green room. We don't need an intermission for green no. room. Like we can. We can get no, but I think if a movie's over two hours, absolutely, you should totally be able absolutely. To... Can you? Uh, yeah, and then and the, you can get a little bit of a score break. You get, yeah, you get like Civil War. You can rock out to Brian Tyler's just killing classic it. Yeah. Score killing it. Yeah, yeah, or Batman versus Superman. Uh, yeah, Martha. <laughs> that that bitching guitar riff. Yeah, the Junkie yeah, XL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally solved. Yep. All right. If you listen to this far in, you know all the stuff I said at the beginning. So, yeah. Kyle X Y, go watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs>